Masechet Nazir Daf Kaf Chet. We're going to conclude finally uh, this five Daf uh, discussion of this Halachalam Hashem Sinai that made a distinction between allocated and unallocated coins. Allocated coins, um, they uh, part of it that's a chatat has to be thrown into the Dead Sea, whereas for it's unallocated. Uh, then the chatat is mixed in with money that will be for all of the nazirs, korbanot, including uh, Ola and Shelamim, because unallocated, you can take all the money and you don't have to throw any into the Dead Sea. You can use it all for voluntary communal offerings. All right, that was in the Mishnah. And in the Gemara, we were talking about blemished animals. Is that uh, like un- unblemished animals and therefore is like des- or like it already allocated? Or is a blemished animal, since it cannot be sacrificed, is that simply a cash value? Uh, we are going to sell them and use the cash, so is that like coins? That was a machloket between Rav Nachman ben Yitzchak and Rav Nachman. And now, today, we are going to challenge Rav Nachman once more. Uh, it, he will successfully, we will successfully answer it on his behalf. And this challenge comes from a rather long baraita. Uh, it's uh, from the second uh, of four cases in the baraita. So here we go. Mativ Rava. Korbano, be korbano ho yosef, eno yosef, be korban aviv. Braita is talking about a chatat offering. A person brings be korbano, korbano, he has to bring his offering. Uh, so we learn from this that a person has to bring his own offering for his own sin. And you cannot, for example, take one's father's offering and bring it for himself. If someone's father um, made a sin, uh, inadvertently ate haylev designated a korban, says, this will be my hatat, died. And now we, uh, now he doesn't need this korban hatat anymore. And so happens that the son uh, then violates uh, a similar uh, sin or the same, eats chaylev, or um, violates Shabbat by mistake, which is also uh, requires a korban hatat. So um, uh, this, well, you might think that maybe the son can, he inherits it and then he could use it. Uh, the answer is no, he cannot do that. Now, well, let's discuss various scenarios. Maybe there's some possibility. I might think when it says the word korbano in this pasuk, it only is excluding a case where the two sins of the father and the son are different levels. Uh, for example, if the father ate chelev, which is more minor than violating Shabbat. Although they both get a korban hatat, if it's done on purpose, violating Shabbat is sikila, not chelev. <clears throat> um, so maybe I would have thought that if, if there's a difference in the severity, that's why a son cannot use the father's korban. But if let's say they're the same severity or even the same very same sin, uh, then maybe the son would be able to use his father's designated korban. That's why he says korbano twice in Pasuk 23, again in Pasuk 28, to say, no, it has to be yours only and you cannot use your father's, even if it's the same level. Good, that's case number one. 
Now, case number two. Each one is introduced by a, poss- a theoretical possibility. Um, so I might have thought, I understand what you said in conclusion number one, case number one, that you cannot use the same, uh, uh, the same korban as your father, um, even if it's the same type of severity. And that would make sense because after all, regarding Nazir, now we're comparing a regular hatat, just for eating chaleb, to the hatat of a Nazir, um, that, or, or all the behemoth of a Nazir, a person cannot uh, c- complete his nizirut, using his father's um, animals. If a father was a nazir and uh, and uh, and set aside animals for his nizirut, and then he dies without uh, completing his nizirut, a son cannot use those animals. Um, so that makes sense that animals, design- actual animals designated by a father, cannot be used by a son. This is going to be the key to our uh, to the question that Rava is setting us up for. Um, okay, we got that. Um, but regarding Nazir, uh, if a father designated money to for his for his Nazirut korbanot and still in cash, and then he dies without completing his Nazirut. A son, as we mentioned yesterday, is permitted to say, you know what, I'll be a Nazir as long as I can use that cash, um, that those coins, f- to buy my Nazir, uh, my, my, my nazir, nazir Korbanot. So, since in regarding Nazir, we see a distinction between animals and money, that for money, a son can use their father's money, then I might think that I can transfer the same idea over to the Korban Hatat. So I might think that regarding Hatat, if a father had designated money, they said, this money will be for my Hatat because I ate Chelev, then the son also, uh, and he dies, then the son also can take that money and use it maybe even for a different sin if he violated Shabbat by mistake. Um, since, after all, for a Nazir, a son can use a father's money. So this is uh, a poss- the theoretical possibility. Um, side note, regarding Nazir, a son can only use the money that the father designated if they were unallocated funds. He didn't say this is for this korban and that korban, but only the uh, mufrashini cannot. But if they are unallocated, he said, here's $300 for my korbanot of nazir, then the son can use it. Okay, um, but the point is that there is a case where the son can use the money of the father, so I might think also that there is some case where the son can use the money for of a khatat that his father had designated. That's therefore the Pasuk emphasizes Korbano. No, it has to be your Korban son, and you cannot use the Korban of your father, not even his money that he separated. All right, now we're going to uh, end up asking from this case because it just says animals are not allowed. You cannot transfer an animal from a father to son. Animals are not the same as money. Money you can in a Nazir. 
Khatat, uh, you can't do anything. But uh, for a Nazir, you, the, the son can use the money of his father, but he cannot use the animal of his father. So it doesn't designate to say what kind of animal, if it's blemished or unblemished. So it sounds like even unblemished animals are like animals and are not like money. That's going to be Rava's question, and we're going to answer and say, no, maybe it's talking about only unblemished animals. Okay, but, but before we get to the question, case number three of the Braita. So maybe, okay, I got it, the father, you can't use anything of the father for the son. We established that. All right, so you cannot use money that he uh, 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 from the father, even from the same level, uh, would not be allowed. But here's the third proposition: maybe an animal, right, a physical animal that the son designated for his own sin, and now he wants to use it for a different sin. He ate chaylev. And he designated an animal. And then he violated Shabbat. And he says, you know what? I want to take this animal. And instead of for the chalif, I want to get something else for the, for the chalif uh, sin. And I want to use this animal for the Shabbat violation sin. Or the other way around. Maybe it's his own. It's, his, it's korbano. So I would, might think that that's allowed. Tomodomar korbano al hatato al korbano shum The pasuk says his korban for his sin, which means... That has to be for that particular sin, and you cannot use a korban that you already designated for, for a different sin. That's case number three. And now, case number four. I understand an animal I cannot transfer from one to the other, but we're going to ask about money that the son himself designates for himself. So let's uh, let's, let's go through the the language here. So I understand right that um, an animal itself that he designated for his own sin, whether it be for one. Uh, a light mitzvah for another light or one stringent for another stringent or one to the other chaleb uh, to Shabbat or Shabbat to chaleb that I understand the person cannot transfer the animal uh, for a different sin. Why? Because if he a person would designate an animal for violate for eating chaleb and then bring that animal instead for a violation violation of eating blood or the other way around he ate blood which is not allowed and he designated an animal and then when he brought the animal to sacrifice the animal he brought it instead for a different sin of eating uh, of eating chaleb um, uh, so in this case it doesn't work the korban hatat does not atone for the sin that he intends it to atone for right it was originally designated for chaleb and he brought it instead for for eating blood it doesn't atone for his eating blood and how do we know that it doesn't because this is related to another halakha of me'ilah. Me'ilah is when someone uh, inadvertently misuses uh, consecrated holy uh, property or money. And so in this case, the person doesn't violate me'ilah. Why? Because he's using something that's holy for a different holy purpose. He's, it was for chalib, he's using it for dam. So there's no problem of me'ilah. And uh, since there's no problem of me'ilah, that, that, that means that 
Meilah is only violated if he takes something as consecrated and uses it for a secular purpose. See, if if there was Meilah, then the way Meilah works is that if I uh, go and take one of the bowls of the Bet HaMikdash and I use it for my own soup um, uh, uh, or take money and, and use it for, for my own purposes, the Meilah violation makes that holy thing chol. Uh, so it's not allowed to do, but it makes it chol. So if there was if there was me'ilah, then actually you would atone because that would mean that I took the, this animal for chelev, I took it for something else, I made it my own, but then it ends up being a non-holy animal, and then if I then use it for dam, that would work because now I redesignated, so it would atone for the sin of eating uh, of eating the blood. The fact that I don't violate me'ilah, that means that it does not go from Kodesh to Chol. Since it doesn't go from Kodesh to Chol, it also can't be redesignated for something else. So that's why it doesn't atone for the new sin that I intended uh, it to be. So all that was already established in the third case. And so now the fourth case, we're just bringing a reason for it. And we're bringing the reason because maybe we can distinguish between an animal itself and money as follows. Aval If a person designates money for korban khatat for a certain sin, and then he decides on purpose to change and use that money instead for a different sin, for dam, for violation of Shabbat. Uh, so in that case, I might have thought that that would be okay, right? To take an animal that was designated for one thing and to use for another thing, yeah, that for sure is out. But maybe for money, if I um, I, I separated it for myself for a, a minor transgression, for another minor, or, or a stringent for another stringent, or a minor for stringent, or stringent for minor, I might think that if I take that money purposefully, use it for something else, uh, that that would be okay. Why might I think so? Because sheken im mifrish lasmo maot min achelav vevi al adam al adam vevi al achelav shad maal vechiped. Because if I do it by mistake, it does work, um, right? If I had money um, that I uh, took uh, designated for chelav, and then I forgot, I I I didn't I don't remember that this hundred dollars I had already designated for chelav. And by mistake, I use it for another sin that I made, which is I also ate blood, and I use it for blood, or the other way around. In that case, I committed me'ilah. Me'ilah is only done unintentionally. That's why it's here. Um, so now, when I when someone commits me'ilah, that means that the money that they misused becomes hal. Now, since he misused it, because it was supposed to be for chelev, and now I use it for dam, it becomes hal in the meantime. When I use it for dam, now it becomes holy again. So it atones. It atones for the dam. Uh, so since money does, in fact, since I do violate me'ilah, that means it becomes hal, and it does get then re-atone, and that's all if I use that money by mistake for the wrong purpose. So I might think that also if I used, misuse the money on purpose, then it would also uh, be the same, and uh, it would atone. Tamud Omar al-hatato al-shihekolbano l'shem hat'o, and therefore the pasuk adds a, a further emphasis and says it has to be for that particular sin, whether it's an animal or whether if it's money or money, 
I cannot purposefully take one, take money or an animal for one purpose and use it for another. All right, those are the four cases of this long baraita, and we brought it all for what we said above. Katene mihat behema, my love afilu baalat mum, and it says animal, um, and the sound doesn't distinguish between blemished and unblemished animal, and so doesn't that mean that regarding nazir, right, in the second case, when it compared to hatat to nazir, see for hatat, you can't use anything for anything. There was no, there was no room, uh, for any, uh, uh re, reuse in, uh, regarding hatat. But for nazir, the Baraita did mention that also, although a son cannot use the animals of his father, he can use the money of his father. It didn't distinguish between what type, type of animal, and therefore it sounds like even a blemished animal would be like allocated funds, like an animal, um, and not the same as unallocated funds, which you can, a son can use um, if the father dies. So this is a challenge to Rav Nachman, and Rav Nachman could answer, Lo Timima. No, this Mishnah is in fact talking about a an unblemished animal. That's why you can, a son can't use it from the father, because if it's unblemished, it's fit to be sacrificed. So the male is going to be for the, obviously for the Ola and so on. Um, whereas an unblemished animal, in fact, is like cash. Um, that's what Rav Nachman says. And here also, the Baraita could very well mean that. So we ask about that. Wait, so you're saying that a blemished animal is like unallocated money? Then why would the Braita talk about money versus animals? It should make a clearer, a, a, a more strict distinction and, and say a, an unblemished animal, a son can use that from the father. Unblemished animal is designated. A blemished animal uh, is considered uh, allocated, right? Unblemished animal is not allocated. Blemished animal is considered allocated, right? Make a finer distinction. And the answer is, It says, you're right. That is, in fact, is in fact what the, what the baraita means um, because uh, this, these animals that are blemished what are they good for? What, what can you use them for? Lidmeh, for their money. And money is the same as ma'ot. So it's, it's the same thing by saying, um, uh, by, when we say ma'ot, ma'ot means money and its equivalent. Anything that is going to be used for its value, including blemished animals. All right. So that whole long question for a short answer. All right. And now we get to the next Mishnah. Nizrak aleha echad min hadamim. A wife uh, declares herself to be a nizira. The husband apparently doesn't hear about it, doesn't know about it. Maybe she's just growing her hair long. I don't know. Uh, he doesn't know about it until it's over. Maybe 30 days, right? 30 days later, let's say. And now she has her sacrifices and she starts bringing them. And already the Kohen takes one of them and uh, sprinkles the blood of one of her uh, sacrifices onto the Mizbeach. And that very day, finally the husband hears about it, and he says, wait, stop right there, I want to nullify it. You cannot nullify it. It's too late, right? It's already finished. He can't nullify it when it's already done. And the second that, uh, so when, really, the, what the, the question is, is when is a Nizirut finished, completed? So once um, the blood of the animal is sprinkled on the Mizbeach, that's it. The Nizirut is finished, so the husband cannot nullify it anymore. 
רבי עקיבא אומר, אפילו נשחטה עליה אחת מכל הבהמות אינו יכול להפר. רבי עקיבא says, no, you don't have to wait till the blood is sprinkled, which is the final step of an offering, even after the first step of an offering. The first step is the shechita, of one of the first of the animal that you bring. From that point on, he cannot nullify it anymore. Now, even though at this point her nizirut is not over, she still can't drink wine. So there is something to annul, right? The thing with Tanakama is that once it's over, she can drink wine. So what are you annulling? So even though at this point it's not completely done, she's still prohibited. Nevertheless, Rabbi Akiva, as the Gemara will explain, is um, is worried about what are you going to do with this korban? You already did shechita, and now all of a sudden you're going to annul it. And now retroactively, she was not a, a nezira, or from now on she's not a nezira. And so now you don't, she doesn't need this korban anymore. So now you have a korban midway not needed. You're wasting a korban. So this is a problem. Um, okay, so that's the opinion of Rabbi Akiva. Now, when do we have this machloket about uh, whatever the time is, beginning or end of the korban, that you cannot, he cannot nullify it anymore? That's only That's only regarding the ending uh, shaving. She finished her pure days, 30 days, let's say, where uh, she was a nizira the whole time without becoming tema, and now these are her ending korbanot. So it's about to end. That's why the husband cannot annul it. Aval uh, but let's say it's midway through and she is, uh, she became Tememet after whatever, 10 days. And, um, and she brings her Korbanot, also three Korbanot, but different ones, um, uh, because she became Taman, she's going to restart. Even after she brought those Korbanot, the husband can nullify. Why? Because he can say, I don't want Efshi Beisha Minuvelit. I don't want a wife who is usually Minuvelit means uh, disgusting, ugly to me. And in this case, because she's a Nezira, she's not drinking wine, so they're not going to be able to have a drink together. He's not going to be able to cheer her up, and uh, she, she's going to be unappealing to him. So he has a right to uh, annul her vow. Right? This is something that will affect their relationship. And so he can do it, even though uh, she brought these three korbanot of restarting. All right. But at the end, then uh, there's no longer, she's no longer, she can start drinking wine or almost drink wine. Uh, just, you know, it'll be just a few minutes, even for it to be Akiva. So then he cannot annul it. Now, Rabbi Meir Omer, Af Yafer. Meir says, disagrees with all the above and says, even in uh, the final uh, shaving, uh, process uh, when she completed her all her days of being pure and being a nizira, he can still annul it even after she brought all of her sacrifices and they were sprinkled. And at that point, she can drink wine. So then, what what would be the point of annulling it? Ah, uh, because it says it still affects me. I don't want a wife with a shaven head, right? Because even though she's not a nizira anymore, she can drink wine and all that. But the final step is she has to shave her head. I don't want, I'm not going to be attracted to my wife if she, if she shaves her head. And it affects me, it affects our relationship. And therefore he says, you know what? I'm undoing the, her nizirut. She's not a nizira. And at that last moment, she won't have to shave her head. And so since he still affects him, the Bimini says he can still annul it. All right, fascinating. Mishnah. Now, matnitin de lo kerebi eliezer, de lo kerebi eliezer, ha matiglachat me'akebet. 
וכיוון דגלגילך אסירה בחמרה, וכיוון דאית לניבול מעשה מפר. Our Mishnah, the Tanakh Kamav, our Mishnah, is evidently not the opinion of Rabbi Eliezer, because if it were Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer says that a final step of shaving is necessary. Um, she doesn't stop being a Nezira. So all the prohibitions apply until all the way at the end when she shaves her head. And as long as she doesn't shave her head, she is prohibited to drink wine. Um, and so since there is something unappealing to, uh, about, to her husband, if she doesn't drink wine, then Tanakama should agree that it's not over till it's over. It's not over till the, um, she'll, till she shaves. And so that's, means even for however long that is, that few minutes, um, after she sprinkles the wine, and before she shaves, she's still not, she's still in the zira, still not drinking wine, so still unappealing. So according to the Be'eliezer, um, uh, the, the, the Nizidu doesn't stop at the sprinkling. That's different from Tanakama. And here would be the essence of their Machloke, Tanadidan Savar, Kevan Dezrik Al-Adam, Lealtar Sharia Bechamra, Vahadet Lenivol, the Tanakama of our Mishnah says, once you sprinkle the blood, uh, of of the sacrifice immediately she she's permitted to drink wine and therefore there's nothing that's going to be unappealing to him. Uh, where uh, obviously we just said he he said you, he can uh, annul it until the time of the uh, uh, of the um, uh, shaving of the head because she still can't drink wine. In the end, that will be similar to Rabbi Meir, although for a different reason. Uh, whereas Rabbi Akiva, he says earlier, um, because once you did Shechitan the Behemah, we don't want him to annul it anymore because then we're going to have this consecrated animal and it's, we're going to, it's going to be uh, lost. Uh, we're going to have to get, uh, destroy it. Uh, we, can't, we can't use it. You started with the Qurban, you did Shechita, so it's proper to finish it. Now, it could be Bidiyavad, once you, once you um, even after you did Shechita, if he annuls it, could very well be that the annulment will work. In fact, they shouldn't even say it will work. Um, but we we don't want him to. And so the rabbis say, don't do that, because we don't want to waste a good korban. Now, challenge to the Bi'akiva's explanation here. Matkif la de Bi'akiva. Wait, so what? So what? So she's not in Nezira anymore. Um, so we just go ahead, go through with the Qurban anyway. Um, uh, and you can uh, throw the blood, even though it's not for a Nazir anymore, and permit, let's assume it's uh, the Shalamim offering, and permit the, 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 the flesh to be eaten, right? Because so just go through it anyway. It won't be for an azir. So it'll be just a a, a, a regular uh, voluntary shelamim offering. After all, we have a b'rayta regarding the sheep that we bring on Shavuot. We bring two sheep uh, with the two loaves of, uh, of bread. And if someone took those very sheep and did shechita, having the wrong intention, not thinking that they're, this is for the kibseh aseret, the ones for the holiday, but just for any other type of shelamim. Those kibasim are shelamim. 
but he did it for uh, for a regular shalemim, just a voluntary one. Um, uh, or he did it the wrong day. For some reason, he took the sheep meant for Shavuot, Vav Sivan, and he did it uh, a day earlier or a day later. Um, in all those cases, the, you continue with the process, you sprinkle the blood anyway, and the meat is permitted. And so, the, uh, the, so it's fine. Um, now, you're not going to fulfill your mitzvah of Kivseh Aseret if you have the wrong intention, but the sacrifice is still kosher. Furthermore, the B'dayta continues and says, V'im hayta Shabbat lo yizarek v'im zarak hursa laktir emurin la'arev. If it happens to be Shabbat, uh, that uh, the person that um, he they make this uh, they take this um, these animals that are meant to be kibsa said it and uh, one sacrifices them for the wrong intention on Shabbat. You see, if it is actually is Shavuot on Shabbat, and um, one has proper intention, then it's permitted. You're allowed on Shabbat to sacrifice, even though it's melacha. Uh, you're allowed to sacrifice any animals that you have to bring on that day, like korban tamid, korban musaf, and any animals that are necessary for a holiday. However, if it's, let's say, the wrong day, right, because let's say Shavuot is on Sunday and you're bringing it on Shabbat, or with the wrong intention, in which case this is not, does not fulfill the obligation for Kibseh Aseret, um, in that case, lo yizarek, then, and you did Shechita, um, you know, with the wrong intention or wrong day, you did Shechita, you're not supposed to, you're not allowed to do Shechita on voluntary Shelamim, uh, on Shabbat, right? You can't, you can't violate Shabbat if you don't have to. Um, and now if you did, then do not, uh, sprinkle the blood. Don't go through with it. Just leave it as is. Uh, because by sprinkling the blood, you're taking this animal that's currently prohibited and making it permitted. A shelamim offering, all offerings, once they're designated, are prohibited while they're alive. Only after you do shechita and sprinkle the blood, then the shelamim becomes permitted. On Shabbat, you're not allowed to take something and change its status and make it something that's uh, from unusable to usable, unedible to edible. And so that's why, lecha techila, you're not allowed to sprinkle the blood. However, if for some reason this Kohen, he didn't know what was going on, and he did Shechita on this animal with wrong intention on the wrong day. And then, not only that, he also sprinkled the blood, then um, it's an acceptable offering. And the the uh, leftover parts, the insides, don't burn it on that on, on Shabbat, because that's you don't have to burn it on Shabbat. Wait till Saturday night and uh, burn them afterwards. What do you see here again? Even on Shabbat and certainly during the week, if one uh, uh, makes a sacrifice with wrong intention, uh, it's, if it's a shelamim, so go ahead and continue the process, even though it's not going to fulfill your the main obligation that you brought it for because you had wrong intention. Nevertheless, it's still a proper, it's still okay, and still is a proper kosher korban, and you can eat the food. Therefore, question to Rabbi Akiva, if uh, a wife took uh, had, had her first animal for and her nezirut, and she does shechita, and then uh, the uh, um, and then the uh, she did shechita, she didn't do sprinkling yet, and the husband wants to annul it. So let him annul it. What are you worried about? That you're wasting an animal? Don't waste it. Just continue and sacrifice it. Um, and so there won't be any problem. So it'll be uh, it'll be a regular communal offering, uh, a regular uh, individual offering, uh, a, a voluntary offering. So that's just fine. You're not going to waste.
that's the question to this reasoning of Rabbi Akiva. So, and the answer is, you're right. If the first thing that he slaughtered, if it would have been an Ola or Shelamim, then you're right. Even though he brought the Shelamim for the sake of the Nezirut, she, she brought it. But it turns out now she's no longer a Nezira. Okay, so you'll continue and bring it as just a, uh, just a regular Shelamim offering, which is kosher. It's not going to waste. Same for Ola. No one's going to eat it. So it'll just be an extra Ola offering. Um, rather we're talking about here a case where they bring the hatat first that's the first one and since the hatat is first a hatat that's made uh, for no reason because it's not necessary a superfluous hatat the owner doesn't need it anymore you cannot just bring a voluntary hatat um, and that will go to waste and that's so that's what Rabbi Akiva was, uh, was worried about that's what he's thinking of and that's why he says, in that case, a husband cannot annul the vow after shechita. This is a Mishnah from later on in Perek Vav. Uh, we only quote a small snippet from the Mishnah here. But the full Mishnah um, says that how would a person bring his korbanot? He would bring chatat ola ushlamim, which means the general order is chatat first. And so when the Akiva says, after the first one is Yudu Shechita, he can no longer annul it. He is, Rabbi Akiva is assuming that the first one is in fact a Korban Chatat. And that's why he said the first one, Korban Chatat, no more annulling because then the Korban Chatat will go to waste. All right, so now we understand Rabbi Akiva much better. All right, we continue with the, the Mishnah. Uh, so the Mishnah clarified and said the, the discussion above, those two opinions above, were only regarding the ending uh, ceremony, uh, then the husband can't do it anymore. But if it's just the mid-ceremony because she came to Lamet, then the husband can annul it because he says, I don't want my wife to be con- to continue to be prohibited to drink wine and thereby be unappealing to me. Uh, the, however, even after the korbanot are done, the husband can still annul it, even though she can drink wine at that point, because um, he doesn't want his wife to be, uh, 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 her head to be shaven, um, and uh, she won't, uh, that will be um, unattractive to him. Okay. So, Tanakama, how come he's, Tanakama is not worried about that? And Tanakama says, um, no, after the sprinkling of the blood, that's it. Then you, uh, Then the husband cannot annul it because she can she can drink wine and Tanakama is not worried about how she's going to look after she her, her her head is shaven how come he doesn't worry about that because Tanakama said she can wear a wig pea nochrit pea means like peot um, and nochrit means a foreign so someone someone else's hair and uh, so she can wear a wig and uh, she'll look just fine it won't be it won't be unappealing it won't be a um, uh, a a a, a, a a, uh, something that will be a hardship for her, so that's fine. Whereas Bimeir says, no, putting on a wig, it's dirty. It's, it's not. It's not. It's uh, smelly. You know, you can't. You know, how do you wash it? I don't know how they. 
had this, the made their made their wigs and had to put them together. But uh, it's uh, it's uh, a smelly item, and therefore he's not going to like the wig. That's not a good solution. He has a right to say, "I don't want my I don't want my wife to uh, to shave her head, and her wearing a wig is not going to make it um, better." So he has a right to nullify it all the way until the end. All right, and next we're gonna we'll end with a Mishnah that actually we already uh, uh, studied uh, was quoted before. A father can make a nazirut vow for his son, right? My son is going to be a nazir, whereas a mother cannot do that. This kesad is not explaining how he becomes a nazir, but rather the opposite, how he undoes his nazirut if his father designates him as a nazir and one option is that he shaves his head or another relative shaves his head or he says i don't want to be a nazir or one of his relatives says no yeah we're sorry dad we don't want this kid to be a nazir so any of those options will un- will stop the nazirut if this son, the father said, I'm going to make you a Nazir. And then they had animals that were set, uh, set aside, allocated for his eventual ending. So and now the now a neighbor uh, now a relative came or he himself uh, objected and said I don't want to be a nazir. What are you going to do with these animals that were already dedicated? So the hatat hey, you have to leave you have to starve it to death because as we said a hatat that's designated for one purpose you cannot use for anything else. Uh, ola, however, you can make it a korban ola. Um, it's not for a nazir, so it'll be just be a voluntary korban ola. And shilamim, you can make it a voluntary korban shilamim. Although the laws of shilamim will be a little different, whereas a regular sh- voluntary shilamim can be in for a day, a night, and a day. The one for a naz- for a nazir can only be in during the day. That's it. Not even uh, into the night. So this shilamim. It remain. It retains a little bit some of the laws. Uh, this one law from like a korban nazir, even though it's not for a nazir. On the other hand, it does not require to bring bread. A nazir shelamim he has to bring bread loaves with it, whereas a regular shelamim not so. So this is like a regular shelamim, and you don't have to bring the bread that a nazir would have to bring. Now, if uh, same scenario, the father made the son a nazir, and now this time they separated money, unallocated. All this $300 would be for all of your korbanot. And now he's no longer a nazir because he objected. So you take the money and it will be uh, donated to the Beit HaMikdash for extra communal voluntary offerings whenever the Mizbeach is uh, empty and free. Uh, we don't want it to just uh, be idle, so we'll bring these extra korbanot. However, ma'ot mefurashim, if we had money that was allocated, this hundred dollars and this hundred dollars is going to be for each of the korbanot, then the one that's for a chatat, you can't use for anything else, throw it into the Dead Sea. Lo nehenin velo mo'alin, one is not allowed to benefit from it. If one did benefit from it, then um, it's uh, it's not considered me'ilah. Now, how come there's no violation of me'ilah if a person should take this money and use it for himself to just go buy clothes? Uh, the answer is because 
a korban hatat, if it's an actual animal that's going to be sacrificed on the Mizbeach, there, there is me'ila if one misuses it. However, this money is not going to be used to buy an animal that's going to go on the Mizbeach. The money is going to be thrown into the Dead Sea uh, because it's not um, eventually going to be for the Mizbeach. There's no problem, uh, there's no violation of me'ila. You're not allowed to use the money, obviously, but if one does, one would not be in violation of me'ila, which has a stringent Consequences. Now, uh, the money that was, uh, sorry, I missed, uh, the money that was for an Ola, you can bring an Ola, and that money, uh, if one misuses it, there is Me'ila, just like a regular, just like any Kurban Ola, if you misuse it, so to the money also, um, that would violate Me'ila. Whereas the money for Shalamim, uh, you would bring uh, for you would bring a, a, a communal uh, shelamim. You would bring a voluntary shelamim offering, and that would have the status of something in between. It would be like a korban of a nazir in that you can only eat the meat for one day. Uh, but unlike it in that, um, you it does not bring it does not require bread. Also, there will be no me'ila for the money, just like a shelamim animal would not have a violation of me'ila while the animal is alive, but rather only after it is slaughtered. So um, that's uh, that's the law for a shelamim. That's the end of the Mishnah. We will analyze it further uh, tomorrow. Um, here are a couple of pictures of ancient wigs. So they definitely did have um, wigs in those days, but um, I imagine their quality was uh, not quite uh, up to par for today. The note here explains that the uh, the uh, uh, craftsmanship of making a wig was not very advanced, and so the way the wig was put together, uh, since it was somewhat loose, uh, people would uh, would avoid washing it um, often. Uh, otherwise, the hairs would come out because they didn't wash this hair often. That's why it smelled bad, and they would have to put perfume on top of it. Um, okay, so that makes sense why people would not want to um, use wigs. Um, and this would not be a compensation for uh, the husband having to see his wife bareheaded, and uh, which explains the Zohama right here. Baruch Adonai Leolam, Amen ve'Amen.